This barbecue will be hard, thankless work, but I'm sure you're up to it, Marge. Well, it could be a good chance to get to know our neighbors outside of a courtroom setting. You know what you should serve, Marge? More of these lamb chops. These are the best ever. Why, thank you, homie. You might say the extra ingredient is salt. Please, Lisa, I thought you loved me. Loved me. What's wrong, Lisa? Didn't you get enough lamb chops? I can't eat this. I can't eat a poor little lamb. Lisa, get a hold of yourself. This is lamb, not a lamb. What's the difference between this lamb and the one that kissed me? This one spent two hours in the broiler. But sensible bites. All right, Lisa, if you don't want lamb chops, there's lots of other things I can make. Chicken breast, rump roast, hot dogs. No, I can't. I can't eat any of them. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Lisa, honey, are you saying you're never going to eat any animal again? What about bacon? No. Ham? No. Pork chop? Dad, those all come from the same animal. <laughs> yeah, right, Lisa. A wonderful, magical animal. <laughs> I think Lisa's right, Dad. Eating meat is bad. Back in studio with episode, what episode? 66. 666, Mark of the Beast. Kale Satan. Kale Satan? Kale Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I am your host, Bobby Stills. Across from me, I don't have anything smart to say today. Hey, that's nice. I know. Uh, Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami, the man with the plan. Um, yeah, we are recording to you in Seattle, Washington, on South Lake Union at Studio 212. We are uh, a uh, podcast that is brought to you by the Soundcasting Network. Uh, you can check them out at soundcastingnetwork.com. A couple other cool shows, How to Be a Better Drinker, Can You Dig It, uh, Vinyl DJ. It's only None of you suckers that be out there using them uh, CDJs, fool. <laughs> How's your day, Why Johnny? don't you ever plug EUD or anything like that? I know. they, Dude, I, whenever I'm here with them, they always, they'll just yell out, Grill, how long steak, mister? <laughs> anyway, how long, grill, how long steak, mister? Um, 14 out with rest. 14 out with rest. Thank you. Uh, updates, Johnny. What do you got? Um, <clears throat> had a fun week this week. It was busy. Uh I'm, you know, as you know, I'm trying to get those hours for my mortgage lender so I can get that loan for the house. So I was in the kitchen just about every every day this week, so seven days this week, um, just trying to pluck hours here and there. Uh, some at June Baby, some at Solare. It was a lot of fun being at Solare because I got to um, get with the crew there, you know, and learn from them and uh, learn about them and kind of build up a little bit of camaraderie there, which was fun. Um, yesterday we took a field trip with the June baby crew and we went and toured a few, uh, Southern themed restaurants, um, to just get, you know, some R and D. Um, we tried simply soul, uh, in the Madison Valley area, right by, um, cafe flora. It's just a little back neck hole in the wall. It's pretty good. They had some good food over there. Long service. You know how it goes in those types of places. Doing it. 
Longer, um, longer services are better. Yeah, it was fine. Casual. Uh, nice then we went chill. to, um, I think it was called Wood Smoke or something in Central District, which does barbecue. And they had some pretty, they had nicely smoked ribs. Oh, and, Yesler? Uh, yeah, it's by the Red Apple in the Starbucks. Yeah, it's yeah. before there. Yeah. That place is bomb. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, they had well-smoked ribs, which was pretty impressive, and um, their brisket was cooked very, very nicely. I uh, wish they had more sauce options. They only had one sauce, and it's kind of sweet. But, uh, yeah, other than that, oh, we went to the Jacob Lawrence exhibit um, just to experience the uh, migration um, in input that he had he had an art uh, installation in there and it was about the it was called the migration series um it was all about um bees blacks from oh. the south uh working on the cotton fields uh that were getting overrun by um insects and coming up to the north for industry working on the railroads doing that um experience the same persecution it was a very beautiful installation it was very fun to get you know back to the roots as you know the restaurant june baby is all about um Black history, so that was cool. Ate at, Sol- ate at yeah, it's tight. Ate at Solare last night for dinner, and it was flame. Um, I'm actually gonna plug one of their dishes for my ingredient of the week. So yeah, which is uh, asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah, I'm gonna say purple asparagus. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what's happening right that's now. What's coming in? Yeah, that purple highs. Yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of people posting online with uh, you know, oh, you know, all the vendors saying, oh, it's in, it's in, you know, so come check it out. Um, you yes. know it's spring when so you get that asparagus. That's what we're going to do. Um, work's going good for you. Work for me. I don't know. I worked uh, nine days straight, two doubles on the weekend. Damn. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, slaving away up in there. Still doing your stint? How much longer you got? No, I'm, I'm over it. I just had three days off, which was really nice, and got caught up with some stuff at home. I've been working some stuff for the podcast. Like we said, we just uh, we got out of a meeting. <clears throat> we just recorded a Facebook Live video. Sorry that it cut off our heads, but uh, the guys from the Video Game Podcast messed up our uh, tripod that holds our, <laughs> our, our camera. Shade. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing... Uh, we had uh, Aaron Baker, uh, executive chef of the Belltown Hospitality Group. He had uh, came into the podcast. Uh, episode 64. Four, 64, yeah. And uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to cover a live demo from a Spanish uh, company by the name of SAMIC. I believe it's S A M M I C. They're introducing a new sous vide machine. He talked about it on the podcast. Uh, so it's an invite only. If you'd like to go, if you're interested in, uh, yeah, just checking out a new uh, sous vide machine, apparently it can cook. I don't know. He was trying to tell me something crazy. I just didn't believe him. It can cook multiple different things in a water bath at two different temperatures. I don't know how that works. So I'm excited about the demo. But if you want to go, uh, private message us, DM us, or uh, uh, hit us up at grillhowlongstankmister at gmail.com. And uh, we'll try to get you in there. But we're going to try to, it's going to be a lot of purveyors there, a lot of reps, and some uh, local famous chefs, maybe some not so famous chefs. And then just some some of our buddies are going to be there. And uh, you'll get to see us record live if you'd like. Um, other than that, have I eaten anywhere? Oh, man, I've been cooking a lot at home lately. Just having any time. But I do want to bring up something that I thought was pretty funny. So I do happen to frequent the neighborhood of Belltown in Seattle, Washington every once in a while. And uh, they opened up a new event space. Johnny hasn't heard about this, Mm -hmm. but talked to Aaron about it for a minute. They opened up a new event space. And it's been under construction for some years. And it 
I'm going to say they spent a couple million dollars on restoring this place. It is a gorgeous. It's on. It's in between first and second on Bell. Um, the funny thing about it was is <clears throat> nobody that I really know in that neighborhood has really been in too much contact with the owner of this establishment. This is event space. Um, I do know that the Belton Hospitality Group was doing a couple of tastings with them. Uh, I guess it didn't work out, but I had uh, ran, <clears throat> I had saw that they were doing a, you know, soft opening. So I asked my buddy, Marcus Johnson, he owns a couple bars down there, uh, Bathtub Gin, uh, Bear in the Bee, which is the deli, and then two bars, Rabbit Hole, they have food, and Lava Lounge. I said, hey, let's just go run over there and let's crash this thing and see what's going on. Let's, let's eat some fancy food, drink some free champagne. So we go over there, I go, what's the story? How are we getting in this place? He goes, shit, man, I tell him that I own half the business on the block. <laughs> Y'all want me here. So I was like, all right, great. So we walk in, walk past security, don't get our name tags, walk in, the place is beautiful, ice sculptures, the Food there is gorgeous, amazing. They have about four. I brought a couple pamphlets and stuff in today. Lisa Dupar catering and Cameron catering, Tom Douglas, and there was like maybe one or two other companies and then some shaved ice company that were there. The food was absolutely gorgeous. They had chefs out there, two kitchens. Everybody looked tip top. We looked like bums. We didn't know where we were going. But everybody was a lot of older gentlemen with uh, fedoras on <laughs> with young women in tight clothes. You know what I'm oh, saying? Of course. Uh, people walking around, champagne, lots of valet. Uh, now, as beautiful that food was. It didn't taste good. Tasted terrible. And it was cold. <laughs> I don't understand. I was just dumbfounded by this is an this is a place where you're trying to show off your food and, and show people that you want to use their catering company for a wedding or a bar mitzvah, a graduation party, anything like that. And this is the stuff that you're serving to them. I just I didn't understand the concept behind this. Uh, Tom Douglas is uh catering company. I believe his name is Brian. He's the head of catering department for Tom Douglas. Um, his stuff was on point, but the thing about it is he was cooking it right there. He had a little, yeah. like a little, little hot thing right over there. I don't remember what it was like hot coals or whatever. I couldn't really see back there, but he was just cooking it and then giving it right to you. Um, the shaved ice, they had two dudes in chef's coats making shaved ice. <laughs> I didn't really get that. I was thinking maybe you have some cute girls back there who are talkative. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know why I'm even talking about it. It was just interesting to me that all this money and all this planning and all this time that they took to open up this event space and then the food just was not was not cracking. That's so end of my rant. Uh, Johnny, tell them what we're talking about today. All right. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll just start one by one. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about first up. Three things. Uh, first, Amazon Go and what they're doing these days with their little marketplace that you guys all know about. Um, then we'll talk about um, a bleeding burger that's going to be taking the nation by storm soon. And then hopefully, hopefully, I don't really care. <laughs> it's a good, oh, we'll get into that. Yeah. But uh, and then also proper chef wear and why it's important. Um, so first off, we will talk about Amazon Go. Um, so as you all know, Amazon Go launched a checkout free supermarket, uh, I want to say, what, three months ago? Yeah, we covered it on episode uh, 49, something like that. We had Chef Kent Combs, our buddy in here, who uh, is a chef for Amazon Go, and he kind of gave us the haps and the decent what was going on with it. 
Yeah. So in December, um, they opened up their beta store that was only for um, people who signed up for the people who had to sign up work who worked for Amazon. You had to sign up for it to be a beta tester. Yeah. And uh, they they thought it was all good, good and gravy. They were actually going to start opening up some more stores around the city, around the country, um, trying to, you know, get this checkerless um, supermarket up and going. But uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, those plans have been put on hold due to technical complications. Um, like, And as this article says, it says, like many concepts that sound too simple to be true, the idea of running a supermarket without any cashiers has turned out to be quite complicated. Not that Amazon didn't realize it or would be, realize it would be complicated to begin with, um, our checkout free shopping experience is made possible by the same types of technologies used for self-driving cars, computer vision, sensor fusion, um, and deep learning. And I mean, that's kind of a weird thing to say because there's been multiple incidents of car accidents from not or from driverless cars. Uber just pulled all their self-driving cars off because the, they had the, a really bad in accident. What, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it almost kill somebody um <laughs> but then it says um but sources have told the wall street journal that amazon's just walkout technology which uses a mix of camera sensors and algorithms to figure out what's happening within the store's walls has been struggling when the shop gets busy so basically that means when there's too many people in the store they're going haywire they're going haywire and it's like a, it's like a shutdown of the system um more than 20 people reported uh, reported the store um, gets finicky. Um, items get moved from their specific spot on a shelf. A serious problem being that we all know the only way to get the best box of Cheez-Its is to push the four boxes in front of it out of the way with your forearm. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so they are looking at doing some more testing on that system. And it's going to be a little bit of time before they actually get up and running for the public so yeah I mean we were just talking last week on the episode we talked about a, a robot uh, grill cook mm -hmm. that uses uh, multiple uh, sensors and cameras uh, digital thermometers uh, thermal cameras to uh, to work their burgers so you just you know is that robot gonna break down on the line if uh, too many burger orders comes in exactly artificial intelligence man it's coming soundcasting network also has a a uh, artificial intelligence so it's called augmented cities interesting i so, didn't know that yeah i believe on the uh, on the show they uh they take uh, artificial intelligence such they probably i think they worked with amazon on this too but they hack it and they break it down to figure out what anything that could go wrong will go wrong and so they try to get all the kinks worked out before it makes its way to the public that's interesting uh before we move on to the second thing i just wanted to uh, i know we talk a lot about tipping and the new laws and how they're going uh but danny meyer uh who is the hospitality guru behind gramercy tavern and a couple other new york restaurants uh, he was one of the first people in New York to switch from uh, no tipping in 2015, but uh, he was hit with a lawsuit um, a year or so before that uh, <clears throat> by uh, two ex-busters that alleged that the non-service employees like expediters, the silverware polishers, wine managers, um, they didn't, they weren't, uh, they weren't 
participating in the restaurant tip pool. Um, and the Gramercy, uh, Gramercy Tavern wrongfully retained all of their service charges during their private events. So um, they had uh, put together a settlement against them, and they actually won. So the full settlement goes amount goes not just to the workers, but the lawyers representing them. The three plaintiffs, uh, attorneys, and their paralegals are all set to collect 143000 in fees. It was, what, 700000 yeah. altogether? Um, yeah. So they are getting money for like meal expenses, taxi charges, all sorts of crap. Yeah. So it's being divvied up amongst 219 former Gramsci Tavern staffers. Um, that's going to be your waiters, your captains, bartenders, bussers. Um, and they're all going to receive about $2,500 per employee. So maybe that's why he switched from no tipping. Yeah. Probably. That would probably put a fire under my ass. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's what's going on now is that talking about people that are included in tip pools now, it's like the businesses have to say where that money goes to. And exactly. if you're involved in a tip pool, the owners don't get to touch any of that money. It's not theirs, you know? And that's where the line is being drawn between uh, tips and gratuity. Mm-hmm. It's just a techno moment. Tech- Techno, technical, technical mumbo jumbo. But uh, I just think it was funny that you know he he was one of the first people to switch, and I wonder if that's why he switched. I wouldn't doubt it. All, All right. right, second story. Uh, they have created a new bleeding plant-based burger. Uh, Johnny, what do you know about it? Uh, I'm looking up the website for the company that makes it called Impossible Burger. Yeah, so it's currently at 11 restaurants. Uh, David Chang gave us his gave it his uh, his stamp of approval, and he's carrying at Momofuku Nishi. Uh, he's been carrying it since last year. Um, it's been debuting at a lot of like it's like the new cool thing. Yeah. So. It's, you know, making its way into all the fancy restaurants. I believe it's, am I, I don't remember. Is it $20? Yeah, it's $20. Each patty costs $20. If so, it's not real beef, why would you pay $20? It tastes like real beef, though. See, that's the thing about it is, is they are, let me see. The, yeah, it's, okay. So here it goes. Let's see. The guy who created it, uh, the founder, is by a, a biologist by the name of Patrick Brown. He used heme or hem. I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, it's described as the molecule that makes up makes meat meat. Uh, which Brown originally sourced from plant matter, but the company now produces it through yeast as well as other plant proteins to create a different kind of veggie burger, which the company prefers to refer to as plant-based meat. So it tastes exactly like meat, and they've created it to look like meat. So what's the difference, Johnny? It's healthier for you? If it looks like meat, tastes like meat, bleeds I would, like meat. I would have to try it before I could say that it is different than me, you know, just because it gets a stamp of approval from David Chang, the dirtiest chef in the world, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean that it's actually tastes like meat. Um, there, I mean, there could be a lot of things wrong with it. It could have a very grainy texture to it. Like, you know, um, it's, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong. I can't really say much about it cause I haven't actually in, experienced it myself. I'm not knocking it. I'm sure it's fine. Um, it's definitely good for the environment, so we're not killing all these animals. But at the same time, I'm like, until I try it, I really can't get behind it. I mean, something has to change, though, because since the FDA has lifted the regulations on shipping meat from out of mm -hmm. the United States, um, 
Brazil has almost doubled their manufacturing of beef, and that's probably one of the leading causes of um, environment. Uh, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> global warming. Yeah, global warming is the methane from all the cows, and they're also deforesting. Uh, the rainforest to make room for all the cows. Uh, so, I mean, and the regulations down there are much more um, loose. And so they're just doing whatever they want down in Brazil so they can feed the American people with all this beef. Um, so I think it's very interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to trying it. Until they make the price more sustainable, I'm not going to get behind it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> so basically, um, they opened up their first uh, manufacturing facility in Oakland. Um, they're opening their uh their first large-scale, commercial-scale facility in Oakland later this year. Um, They said they'll be able to turn out about a million pounds per month. Um, They're hoping to supply about a 1,000 restaurants a year. Uh, They're going for anywhere from chain restaurants to Michelin-rated restaurants. Um, They said Impossible Foods, uh, they got $182 million uh, from investors. I'm sure they did. To create this. It's, It's important. Yeah. So it's the future. Keep your eyes out. Also, it's one of those things to where um, you can be getting fooled. Yeah. You know? So uh, I don't and you're know. Like, but why it, am I spending twenty bucks on this burger? And then you're like, wait, this ain't no burger. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, what if they? What if they're telling you that they're serving you the the plant based burger, but they're really serving you serving you meat? shitty ass meat? Yeah. So something to look out for. Uh, and how long do you think uh, that? Uh, that grill, uh, how long steak Mr. Burger is going to take to cook there, Johnny? The one that's plant-based or? The, plant, the plant-based one. <laughs> you know, I would hope it would take, it would be faster, but. It's just got to heat through. Yeah, because you're not, you don't have to bring it up to a certain temperature to kill the bacteria because there's probably very limited bacteria. I'm curious. I'm, I'm very interested in this. Uh, I got to see it. Once I mean, it, we've, we've talked about it before, but this is this is the first time it's being pumped out, uh, manufactured um, at a commercial scale. So we might actually get to see one up here in uh, in Seattle. And if any of our listeners have had a chance to try this, I know a lot of my friends who are vegans or vegetarians are very interested in this too. But if you've tried this, please let me know what, what you think and uh, yeah. where I can find some of this precious. I'm sure if I called around, I'd probably Especially find if you go on Amazon, you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a, that's interesting though. I do want to try it. I definitely want to try it now. Um, but yeah, moving on to other things. It's a good show. Keeping it nice and quick. Um, so we're going to talk about chef clothing and how it's, it's good for the kitchen and good for you know, you. So fine um, dining lovers came out with this article um, on December 19th, 2016. It's a pretty old article, but it's definitely important. I'm going to try and read what they say here. It's super small lettering. So bear with me, y'all. Well, Johnny was curious. Johnny was, you know, he was talking, he wanted to cover this article uh, or this diagram. It's basically a diagram and it's showing off the the typical uh, kitchen workers outfit and what we wear. Yeah, and what then, you would see in the on the in Europe and whatnot. And then it breaks down why people wear that. I knew some of this, but the other things I didn't know. I I don't know. It could be bullshit, but it seems legit. Yeah. So let's start with the top. Go from top to bottom. Um, the chef hat or the cap. I knew about most of these things, um, but I thought there would be more on here, but I guess not. 
But basically what it says is to keep sweat out of the food, duh. Um, keeps hair out of the food, duh. And allows heat dissipation and air circulation, thereby keeping a chef's head cool. So that's what happens when you see those really big, tall chef hats with the vents on the side. Um, they make different versions. They have like, um, like sous chef or cook hats that are shorter and they go all the way down to your skull yeah and they make two different kinds they make a covered kind and then they make a vented kind i've actually prefer the vented kind when i was working at luke um in madison valley that's what they issued to us um to work with in the kitchen and it was actually a lifesaver because you know you see a lot of people wearing bandanas bandanas things don't breathe they don't breathe number one number two it doesn't keep the hair out of your food because your hair is still on top of your fucking head going everywhere and you look like a fucking douchebag so sorry to all those people who wear bandanas out in the kitchen but I'm just gonna call it how I see it Um, next up is the chef's jacket the double breasted Um, long sleeve it usually protects the chef from burns, you know. Um, scalding steams is one thing it protects you from. Heat from stoves, ovens, and grills, which is definitely a major part. So when you, like, are reaching far to that far right or far left corner of your of your grill trying to grab that piece of meat or something like that, and your hand's going across the grill, you're not getting that that burn because it burns. Yeah, I mean, it, protects, it definitely protects you from the heat around you. You can take, you know, you don't have to hit a flame. To, to get burnt. No. You can get A steam burnt. burn hurts more than a flame burn. Hells yeah. yeah. Um, boiling hot liquid spills or splatters. So like that's oil, um, stock liquid, like, you know, just poaching water, whatever's going, whatever's up and hot, you know, that breaks that, you know, that boiling level. You're, you want to be protected from that because I don't know if you've ever gotten just a little bit of water splashed on you when you're moving that stock pot or something and you're carrying like what, a hundred pounds of, of stock and you're like, shit, I can't drop it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, most kicks are too, most cooks are too stupid to ask for help. Yeah. You know, um, the knotted cloth buttons are used in order to keep plastic metal buttons or pieces of buttons from ending up in food. That, see, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. So, yeah, you can tell a, a cheap chef's coat by uh, an expensive chef's coat by those knotted buttons, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so basically what he's saying is these cloth knotted buttons, they're tied. Um, it allows for easy access for putting on and taking off. Yeah. But also, when you're running around the kitchen, you're bumping into stuff, that stuff will break off and yeah. fall into the food. And Yeah, and also says to quickly take it off in an emergency. So if you spill too much oil or if your jacket's on on fire, you know, you can quickly, you know, yeah, that, that liquid, that hot liquid that it protects you from it, it, the thick, that's why a lot of chefs wear thick coats is because of the heat. You know, people say, aren't you hot in that thing? It's like, yeah, but the reason why it's so hot is because our French top or mm-hmm. our saute station or grill is super hot. And so it protects you from all that heat. But if you spill those hot liquids on there and it soaks through, you got to get that jacket off hella quick. Hella quick. And you better be wearing an undershirt or else you look like a fool. <laughs> Not me. You're like, oh, look at fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> look at him jiggle while he runs. Look at him jiggle. That's uh, how you get new Nicknames, man. Right, exactly. At least wear a tank top underneath or something to keep yourself together. Um, next up is the apron, worn from the waist to just below the knee in order to protect the lower body from burns, um, accidental spillage of hot liquids, and food stains. A lot of chefs these days are actually wearing um, the apron all the way up to the top. So you have, uh, I guess it would be just called a full apron instead of a bistro apron. Well, no, bistro aprons are the super long ones. Yeah, that's uh, the ones that 
that they're talking about. They're some, no, they're talking about ones that come to mid-knee. Those are regular aprons, but they're folded in half. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah. So I like bistro aprons because they cover your entire legs. Um, but uh, and I prefer mine half uh, half folded. Uh, some people f- do quarter folds on theirs, and and I'm too fat to tie mine because uh, it's too tight if I tie it around my front. But typically, you want to tie it around the front for the same reason, be able yeah. to pull it off pretty fast, uh, just to have easy access. Easy access, uh, especially if you need to pee, because. If you if you got to use the bathroom and you're like trying to get out the kitchen and take off your apron at the same time, you're like, all right, here, ah. here we go, Johnny. Let me ask you this, uh, and I I'll, I'll admit it, and I don't care if anybody else ever admit it. Have you ever went to the bathroom while on shift and peed with your apron on? Never, never, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's well, it's just like you know, you just you're like so busy. Really? No. Uh, well, I don't, I'm no no shame in my game. I was younger. You know, <laughs> you know, but you go to the, you go to the bathroom and you go into the stall and you got to pee real bad. And so instead of taking off your entire thing, you reach around, you lift up your entire apron, you toss it maybe over your shoulder, and then pull your fly down and then whip your stuff out and go pee. No, <laughs> no comment. Oh, never. You've never done that. I've never I done that. I feel like you're lying to me right me? now, sir. I either haven't been wearing an apron or no, I definitely take off my apron every time because I roll, I always roll my apron up and put it somewhere before I go use the restroom. And and for you motherfuckers out there, don't be stealing other people's aprons, man. I'm hip to the game. I know how I fold my apron and when I come into work and there it's folded differently and there's a stain somewhere on there that I did not put there, don't be using my goddamn apron. Get your own fucking apron. I'll buy you a fucking apron if you need one. I got hella at my house. I'm not speaking to anybody specifically at the honey hole. But he is. No, I'm not. (laughs) I busted you one day too. You didn't know I was coming into work. You thought I was off that day. Always watching. <laughs> All right, Johnny, what we got last? Only a buster wears somebody else's apron. That is a straight mark. That's a mark ass trick right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so pants, typically baggy. Um, as you know, there's a lot of chef pants, chef wear, chef works, um, all those sorts of th- companies that make chef pants. And they're kind of like um, cotton. Collie uh, plot. Poly cotton yeah, blends? Yeah, poly cotton blends. But they're a little bit baggy. They're a little bit wider. You know, they, they can breathe. You can get some air inside, get those balls, you know, like a little bit of breathing room. And I mean, for the ladies, Plenty too, of room for cornstarch. Yeah, you know, plenty of room for cornstarch. And for the ladies, not trying to, you know, neglect y'all's, too. I know your nether regions get hot up in there, too. So, you know, everybody. Was musty. Gross. <laughs> anyway, um, that also keeps hot food from coming onto the chef's skin. Um, and they come with elastic waistbands, which is like, Cha-ching. And that's for easy access. So most of the equipment used in the uh, for a chef wear that chef that a chef wears is so they can do shit quickly because especially when you're off of your shift and stuff like that and you need to change, you're like, I don't want to deal with buttons and zippers. Like <laughs> I'm gonna pull these pans open and down and put some new ones on. You know, I gotta get in and out of this bitch. I can't stand watching people fucking I don't like people. Uh, not I don't like not the people, but I can't. I don't like seeing people wearing their fucking clothes that they worked on their entire shift and wearing them walking out of the restaurant and and seeing them on the bus or at the bar in their chef's clothes. It depends on what it is. I mean, if it's your chef pants, I mean, it is what it is. You know, like pants are pants. You know, you oh, can wash them. When but you I get just home. think about all that grease and stuff that you're sitting in that seat, and then I got to sit down behind you. All that sweat and stuff that's been there. I mean, whatever. Some people don't have the luxury of changing their pants <laughs> as soon as they, they are, get out of work. They work. are in the restaurant industry. Um, 
you know, as I mean, unless you're like me who does laundry like every day and just make sure that all his shit's clean all the time. Um, anyway, so chef shoes, uh, designed to be comfortable as chefs are on their feet for long periods of time. They protect the chef against burns from accidental spillage or hot liquids. This brings me to a very large, big motherfucking irritation that I have. Motherfuckers who wear Crocs in the kitchen (laughs) are fucking dumb. Those are not kitchen shoes. Yeah, they might make a non-slip shoe, but they're not kitchen shoes unless they are covered. Okay, I like I like the ones with the holes in it that breathe. Right? That's not that's not fucking kitchen shoe. Motherfucker, you. That's a sandal. Okay, listen, I have been sent home before from places for wearing Crocs that are not closed. You know, they they make Croc kitchen shoes specifically for the restaurant industry, and they are closed shoes. They are still sandals, essentially, but they have have covered. I prefer the ones with holes in them, because my feet never get swampy. They always stay fresh. They can breathe, but I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah. I, I, that's understandable that you're willing to take that risk, but you got to think about it this way. If you spill something on your foot wearing open-toed I'm, Crocs- I've done it before. And it's to the point where you get sent to the hospital, you're not held liable, the restaurant is. You're right, Johnny. I'm not going to argue that point, and that's why I've been sent home before. But, um, you know- if That l and ain't cheap, motherfucker. If you're in with the owners or the, you know, the chef, you know- They'll let you wear sandals in the kitchen. He's, but he's going to tell you, you know, if you get fucking hurt, don't be trying to claim l and I. And that's <laughs> that's where that line comes. It's not it's not all black and white in the kitchens, man. It's not, but it's it is a little common sense. I mean, Birkenstock makes a really good sandal. Uh, or Dansko. Dansko. I mean, Danskos are good, and they are most they are most commonly used in the kitchen. The only issue that I have with Dansko is that they create an artificial arc. So if you don't wear Danskos all the time, when you put on other Shit's shoes, fucked. your feet hurt all the time. Um, they are, and they take like six months to break in. And once once they're broken in, they're nice. But those first six months are fucking brutal. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it also um, helps you from slipping on a greasy floor, which is not true. I've worn non-slip shoes in the kitchen and it, I've still eaten shit. It's sometimes fun to slide around the kitchen. Man. Yeah, well, what happens is if somebody spills something and doesn't mop it up or mops it up like a slob. That and, dry towel, man. Yeah. People, how are you going to use a wet fucking rag to wipe up grease on the ground, And it's man. not just like an inch of wet space. It's like a foot and you're just like... You're, just, you're spreading it around at that point. All you're doing is making the fucking grease spot and the spill worse. Idiots. Yeah, and um, all these equipment, all this equipment is made with um, fabric that absorbs sweat while working a lot in the kitchen um, and protecting you from injuries. Um, but they're still light and comfortable so that you can work in a hot and steamy environment, which is pretty important. I'm always working in a hot and steamy environment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, guys. FYI of why uh, restaurant workers wear those uh, silly outfits. Uh, right. I don't know. And most of the time, you'll see someone and they look really, really slick. And it's totally, totally not because that's the kind of stuff you're supposed to wear in the kitchen. That's just because they want to look fresh. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and if you see somebody in like an orange or a blue chef coat, buster. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Straight buster. It's usually the person that's not working on the line. <laughs> but also, we've talked about it before. You have, you know, you have a, you have multiple different aprons that you wear. You have one that you that's terrible, has got grease stains and stuff, and hangs in the back. And then you have one that you wear out to talk to Your people. Floor apron. Yeah, uh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode sixty-six of Grow How Long Steak Mister. We try to take it quick, and like we said, we're going to do uh, uh, asparagus. Asparagus. What did you call it? What kind of asparagus did you call it? Purple haze. Purple haze. Uh, Johnny, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so last night when I was at Solare, I had this delicious um, asparagus salad. Um, it consisted of grilled asparagus, uh, fresh asparagus, um, sauce grabiche, which is like an egg-based vinegar and um, caper cornichon sauce. And I'm just going to take you a little bit step-by-step step through that process of um, what it entails. So first off, you want to start with the sauce grabiche. And it's only a five-minute prep. You can also, you know, do a real quick in a roboku. I prefer to do it by hand because it makes it that just more tasty um so you take a tablespoon or a half teaspoon of salt a tablespoon of dijon one tablespoon of white wine vinegar three tablespoons of olive oil a tablespoon of capers two cornichon um, which are the little funky french pickles uh one hard boiled egg so that's 10 minutes from the water boiling um freshly ground pepper and a tablespoon of chopped parsley i yell i like to use a little bit of tarragon in mine too just to make the sauce tasty but basically what you're going to do is in a bowl you're going to mix all the ingredients except for this uh, parsley and adjust the seasoning to your liking um one way to dice um an egg a hard-boiled egg quick and easy instead of sitting there trying to chop it is if you have um, a sheet rack not a sheet tray but the racks that you put on top like a resting rack that has the little squares you can just push it right through those squares and it dices the egg for you <laughs> it's pretty savage I, I saw i just saw that um, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and especially if you have a lot to do. I've worked at restaurants where you make this sauce, and you're like, "All right, I have to do like 200 eggs." And That's like, a hot tip. Yeah, man. you're just like, "Ah, get it, cram it." <laughs> but yeah, so you're just gonna mix that up, and it's gonna come out um, a little bit like a chunky mayo. Um, it's gonna be very delicious, very tart, acidic, um, and still have that body from the egg. Um, then you're just gonna grill your asparagus lightly with a little olive oil, salt, and pepper, and um, what they do is they place that down on the plate on top of the sauce grabiche that they place around. Uh, they shave fresh asparagus all the way down from top to bottom and have them as little ribbons on top with fresh mustard greens. And then they also do a little panisse, which is basically a chickpea flour fritter, um, which is super tasty. I would definitely go try it out if you're in the Seattle area, um, 65th and Ravenna. Um, but yeah, so that's my um, recipe for ingredient of the week. Uh, mine's gonna be a little bit more simpler, but uh, also uh, twice as delicious. Um, I'm gonna do uh, roasted asparagus with a balsamic brown butter on it. Uh, so what you're gonna need is you're gonna need about I don't know two pounds. So depending on how thick it depending on how thick it is, um, you can cut the asparagus stems in half. But uh, you, they, they, if, if it depends if they're heirloom or not. So um, you just want to take them, cut them in half. Um, you need um, some olive oil, about a quarter teaspoon, kosher salts, um, I don't know, uh, quarter teaspoon black pepper, uh, maybe some garlic, uh, some chili flakes, uh, two pats of butter, a uh, teaspoon or two of some soy sauce. What's a pat of butter? Um, it's like a... Um, 
Like a tablespoon? Like a tablespoon. Okay, yeah. I, I know what a pat of butter is. Yeah, I know what a pat of butter is. Or a pad. Is. Some people call it. I call it, it's a, yeah, just a, I, I use my fingers. You know, I have a glove on, and you get your butter that's out there, and I just, to two fingers. If you haven't noticed, Robbie the is pan. the dirtiest cook you've ever come across. <laughs> no, man, I'm very clean, man. I've always kept a, a, a sandy bucket for wiping down, a sandy bucket for my hands, man, and then clean towels everywhere. I'm, I'm a notorious towel hoarder. <laughs> yeah, you are, though. I, I can attest to and that. Trust me, I'm going in there, and when that towel's coming fresh, I'm grabbing a whole stack and stashing them. Yeah. People are like, how the fuck did you get all them towels? I'm like, don't worry. Mind your own business, homie. Well, you know, when you work at my restaurant, you get two for the day. Yeah, that's good. Budgets, man. Budgets. Um, So anyway, yeah, t- two teaspoons of uh, soy sauce, two teaspoons of balsamic vinegar. You're going to uh, want to preheat your oven to 400, and you go 425 uh, if you want. Uh, make sure your asparagus aren't touching on your baking sheet. Um, well, yeah, toss your asparagus with the um, olive oil, um, the soy salt, the pepper, the garlic, and the chili flakes. Um, they arrange them in a single layer in the oven. Uh, you're going to put it in there for 12 to 15 minutes until it gets that nice color on it. Uh, while it's cooking, you're going to melt that butter down in a skillet over medium heat. Cook it, I don't know, three to five minutes until it's brown. Make sure it doesn't burn. If it starts getting too dark, pull it immediately off of the heat. Um, it's going to want to smell nutty. Um, yeah, but you want to shake the pan, um, and then you want to stir in the uh, right when you pull it off the heat. Stir in your soy sauce and your vinegar. Uh, pull the pull the asparagus out, and then toss it right in the, with the asparagus. Toss it and serve it. Super easy. It's gonna taste fucking delicious. I've done this recipe many many times. Um, yeah, asparagus. It's coming to that point. Boom boom. You can also cook them on the grill and then do that too. And just use that same um, butter, soy sauce, and vinegar recipe. Sound good, Johnny? It does. Um, I'd like to thank all the listeners for uh, tuning into episode uh, 66 of Grill Long Steak Mister. I would like to thank Johnny. I love you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I would like to not thank Keith because he's not here recording us. Buster. Uh, he was supposed to be here tonight, but we came in and recorded early today. I would like to thank Studio 212 for letting us record here. I would like to thank the Soundcasting Network for hosting us. And, um, yeah, social medias, Johnny, go. Um, our social medias? Yeah. Okay, good. I was like, my social media? Everybody knows that. Uh, so we are on Twitter at Grill How Long, or at How Long Steak Mister. Um, Instagram, Grill How Long Steak Mister. That's no question mark. Um, what else are we on? Facebook. Facebook. Grill, Grill How Long Steak Mister. <laughs> SoundCloud. Grill yeah, it's Grill How Long Steak Mister. Google. All, all the same shit. I, all that stuff. But you can hit us up um, via email, and that is grillhowlongsteakmrmr at gmail.com. We are very open. We've been getting a few emails, I've noticed. Yo, I saw you got you used our our podcast. Uh, yeah, to, to email, email my boss. To email your boss about that. Guala. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, ooh, I hope she answers back. Um, it happens sometimes because I have multiple um, accounts un- uploaded onto my phone. But yeah, as you know, uh, Robbie Stills is on Instagram as Bobby, Bobby Stills. Stills. Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting a lot of people following me on there and I'm trying to be engaged with people. It's been really, really good. I like all the comments. I like all the feedback we're getting and uh, we're working on ways to get our name out there. There's some people helping us out. <clears throat> I like all the feedback we've been getting. It's really been positive and they like, you know, our style and how it's kind of relaxed and chill. And we try to keep it real up on the show. Well, we're going up. We're moving so, up. It's been a while, but we're 
definitely making moves. Yeah. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys. Uh, we're actually going to record another episode this week. It won't be getting released till next week because yeah. Johnny's going out of town. So until next time, peace. Grill. How long steak, Mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.